Welcome to the LifeGate Podcast. Our vision is to create moments that change lives. We pray that these weekly messages will be a moment in your day that leads to a change in your life. For more information, visit us online at LifeGateBurleson.com. Good morning, LifeGate Church. Happy Mother's Day. I am so excited to be with you guys today, and I am so excited to be doing Encanto. It is my favorite movie currently, that changes a lot, but currently it is my favorite movie. If you don't know me, let me just introduce myself. My name is Cassie Wilson. I am the kids pastor here at LifeGate Church. I have been the kids pastor for over seven years now, which is crazy to think about. I've seen kids in kindergarten, now they're with me in youth because I am currently also sort of the youth pastor. They literally can't get away from me. I'm always there for them. So I have a beautiful one-year-old daughter. Like Pastor Amber said, I became a mama a little bit over a year ago to a very spunky, red-headed, blue-eyed, fiery baby girl. Her name is Hunter June Wilson. She's named after her daddy, and she is the cutest thing, but she is quickly crossing that bridge into toddlerhood right now, and uh, I'm in for a wild ride, especially because I have now realized that I am raising a miniature version of me. So I feel for my own mother raising me, but... She is the light of my life. I love being her mama, Jason, and I love being parents. I'm married to, I call him, he's like my real life Wookiee. His name is Jason. He works at Chick-fil-A, and he also runs Life Kids with me, and that's what he's doing currently right now. But I just want to take a special moment and just honor all of our moms here. Now, I have dreamed about being a mom my entire life. I played mom. I wanted to be a mom. I wanted to have, honestly, you know, you always say we just want a healthy baby. I secretly really wanted a girl first, but I wanted to be a mom for as long as I could remember. But my journey to motherhood wasn't the easiest. There were physical issues that prevented pregnancy, and when those physical issues finally were fixed, it took us way longer than I thought we would to actually get pregnant. In my whole pregnancy, I was a nervous wreck. I had a horrible pregnancy, sick all the time, like the things that we do to bring children into this world. And then my labor and delivery, it was not a bed of roses either. Nothing went as planned on my journey to motherhood. So I just want to recognize all ladies in this house, whether you're currently a mom, foster mom, adopted mom, biological mom, whether that is the one wish that still hasn't come true yet, you're just praying every month for a positive pregnancy test, you're dealing with fertility, you've gone through loss, no matter what, you are still a mother, and we want to recognize you today. So will all of our beautiful ladies here at LifeGate stand up so we can cheer you on? Yeah, come on, men. Give it up for these gorgeous women. You may be seated. We have some of the best ladies here at LifeGate, and today is all about them. But listen up, men. Okay, listen up. Just because today is Mother's Day doesn't mean tomorrow on Monday you can go to not celebrating them anymore. Mamas, ladies in your life deserve to be celebrated every single day for what they put up with, for what they do, for the household that they lead, and just for the serious miracle workers that they are. Like Jesus gives special gifts to mamas, so they need to be celebrated every single day. 
But like you saw, I am doing Encanto today. I am, like I said, so excited. This is Hunter's favorite movie. I have, no lie, not exaggerating, literally seen it probably over a hundred times because she has watched it almost every single day since it has come out. We listen to the soundtrack. Ask anyone at the office, I'm constantly singing in my brain all the songs of Encanto. I'm saying, bring it in, bring it in, or we don't talk about Bruno. All single day, or Peppa, like clear skies. And those of you who have not seen it, you're like, what are you even talking about? I'll let you know. But I am very, very thrilled to be doing Encanto today. Now, how many of you in here have seen it? Let me see your hands. Okay, if you have kids... There is a guarantee that you've seen it or at least heard about it. If you teach, your students at school are probably seeing it. You're probably hearing about it. But when I watched this movie, Jason and I actually watched it first before Hunter, you know, trying to be good parents, filter what our one-year-old watches. But when we watched it, I was like, wow, Jason, there's actually a lot of uh, lessons in this movie. What? Like, this would be a great sermon. And here I am a few months later. The Lord is funny like that. But Encanto is about this family called the Madrigals. And as a result of tragedy, they receive a miracle. It's a candle, Abuela. She is the matriarch of the family. They receive a candle. And as a result, this candle gives everyone gifts, except for one person, Mirabelle. Or so we think. But throughout the movie Encanto, we see that the Madrigals are very similar to today's families. They're dysfunctional. We are dysfunctional, okay? Now, families can be magical, they're beautiful, but we're also imperfect, infallible. Stop looking at your husbands. You're like, <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> we're dysfunctional, but because of Jesus, there is beauty in our dysfunction because he has redeemed us. But the Madrigals, they don't have the Lord, obviously, and their dysfunction gets the best of them. So today, I'm just going to touch on a few lessons that I've learned from Encanto. Now, the first one might be the most obvious. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. But families have gifts. They definitely don't look like everyone else's. You might be gifted in the same area, but God uses it in a different way than the other person. We all have gifts. The Madrigals were all given gifts except for Mirabelle. But if you watch the movie, we come to see that she really does have a gift. She loves her family fiercely. However, in the beginning, because of her lack of gift, she's treated different than all the other family members. Man, Mirabelle's treated so differently because she doesn't get a gift. But the Bible says we all have gifts, all right? Spiritual gifts are God-given abilities, desires, and empowerments that are meant to honor Jesus and, and build each other up. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 11, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another, and to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles, and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to, to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. 
Still, another person is given the ability to speak unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all of these gifts, and He alone decides which gift each person should have. Now, what is your gift? Have you thought about that? In Encanto, Mirabelle looks like she doesn't have a gift, so she's treated differently. While her sister Luisa is super strong, her other sister Isabella is perfect, Camilo is shape-shifting. You know, we, we see all of these things. But what is your gift? Have you ever stopped to think about it? The Bible says we all have gifts, and the Bible doesn't lie. The Bible is true. It is infallible. So what is your gift? You're like, well, I don't really have anything. I'm just kind of a Joe Schmo. No, God created each and every one of you with a gift. My top spiritual gift is discernment. Now, it's not just a gut feeling. It's a little nudge from the Holy Spirit that gives me wisdom about a situation that I'm in or what's right and what's wrong, which I really hope comes in handy in Hunter's teenage years when she's telling me stories about what she's done. But discernment is one of my top gifts. Now, it took some time to discover what that meant. It really did. And we have to take the time to discover what our gifts are. But each of us have a gift. Now, just because you're, you're a mom, okay, that's not your only gift. Being a mom is not your only gift. It's not just who you are. Just because you're not the Pinterest perfect mom that you see at all the PTO meetings or in your child's classroom does not mean you are less of a mom than the other mom is in that classroom. You have different giftings than she does, and you can use them in different ways. Now, we are not defined by our gifts, okay? Yes, I'm a mom. Yes, I'm a pastor. I have the gift of communication. At least I hope so. You might leave this sermon and be like, "Uh uh-uh, sister, you don't know what that gift is. (laughs) But that is not who I am. Who I am first is a child of God, and that's who you are too. We are not defined by what we do for others. I am not defined as... Cassie, the kids pastor at LifeGate Church, she takes care of the kids so we can go to service. No, I'm defined as, hey, I am Cassie, a daughter of the one most high, who just happens to take care of the kids and teach them about the Lord while you guys are in service over here. Now, your gifts are not more important than who you are or what you can do. Your gifts are meant to serve us as the church, your friends, your family, But we care about more who you are as a person than we do about what you can do for us. But the town in Encanto, if you watch the movie, start to care more about the people and what they can do for them than they do about who they are. And we see this with Bruno. Yes, I know. We don't talk about Bruno, but we're going to in this sermon. Bruno had the gift of prophecy. And the things that he was prophesying, the town and Abuela became scared of. So eventually, Bruno left the family because he felt like he was no longer worthy of being a member of the family. They were looking at his gift more than they were him. Now, do you feel like your gift isn't like everyone else's? Guess what? That's fine. That's what's supposed to happen. Your gift isn't supposed to be like everyone else's. But listen, just because it's not like everyone else's doesn't mean you shouldn't use it. Don't brush off what God gave you. But also, while using it, make sure you don't identify with it. Now listen, we are meant to serve the church with our gifts. We are meant to serve each other with our gifts. But we're not meant to save with our gifts. Only Jesus can save. 
Later in the movie, you see that Mirabelle overhears Abuela talking about their miracle. And Mirabelle's like, I will save the miracle. She takes the burden on herself to save this free gift that she's been given. Now, I'm a new mom, and I've learned that I want to do anything for my kid, literally anything. But I can't save her from choices that she needs to make. I can only serve her by setting an example for her, bringing her to church, teaching her right from wrong, but I can't give her my salvation. I can only show her how to get true salvation through Jesus. We want to save our families. We want to keep them from hurt. We want to do everything for them. And even though it's so hard sometimes, the best way to serve them is to let them make those choices. As hard as it is, but we are not the ones meant to save them. We are the ones meant to point them to the one who can. Another thing I learned from Encanto is that families experience loss. All families experience loss. Raise your hand real quick if you've gone through loss. Let me see it. Yeah. Every single person experiences loss. How many moms out there feel like you lose your sanity on a daily basis? (laughs) But in all seriousness, everyone experiences loss. Every member of a family experiences loss, whether it's loss of a career, loss of a dream, loss of a pet, a child's toy, or even loss of a family member. During our losses, our perspective is shifted. We either lose perspective or we gain perspective. Experience loss. Loss of their brother, Bruno, when he left the family. Loss of Pedro, Abuela's husband, their patriarch of their family. And loss of their casita, their home. They literally hit rock bottom. And in that, perspective was shifted. Now, it reminds me of another story in the Bible with Naomi and Ruth. And let me give you a very Cliff Notes version. But Naomi lost everything. Her husband, both of her sons. And her daughter-in-law, Ruth, also lost her husband, one of Naomi's sons. And Naomi decided that she was going to go back to Bethlehem, back to her hometown, And her daughter-in-law, Ruth, decided to follow her. Now, they were so focused on their loss at first that they didn't see that God was still taking care of them. She could only look at their situation through her perspective of her hurt. Now, God provided food for them, a new husband for Ruth to take care of Ruth and Naomi. And Ruth and her new husband had a baby, Naomi's grandson, And through that grandson, Naomi's family line would eventually birth Jesus Christ. But through that entire loss, Naomi couldn't see what was happening around her. She actually said in the Bible, God has given me too much trouble. I've never said that to God, and I don't plan on anytime soon. But he still took care of them. And eventually, Naomi's perspective changed. Now, Abuela's husband was killed in front of her, and she was overcome with her. I can't even imagine what that would feel. I know she's a fictional character, but I can't imagine what that would feel like or even going through that. Everything that she did was now through the perspective of that hurt. We know that hurt people hurt people, and that's exactly what happened to Abuela. 
Her perspective was shifted. And after the death of her husband, she lost the perspective that she had. We see it in the clip every time she walks by a family member. They try so hard to live up to what she wants them to do. But they were just failing her every time. As a result of her loss, Abuela was forcing her family to live by her standards, pressuring them, putting unrealistic expectations on them, all the while avoiding her own pain and her own hurt. She wanted everyone to see the Madrigals as this perfect family. Her mantra through the whole movie is, La Familia Madrigal. She keeps saying, the magic is fine. We are fine. She didn't want anyone to see what they were going through. She didn't want anyone to see the hurt that she was experiencing. Now, how are you walking through the losses that you experience? I know we're doing a kid's movie, and I don't want to take them lightly, but are you only viewing things around you through the lens of your hurt? Yes, we need to grieve. Yes, we need to process all of the emotions that come with loss. No matter how difficult of a loss it is, we need to take that time to process with our Heavenly Father. But have you built up walls to protect yourself from the outside, to keep the Lord out, the one who you can literally hand your burdens to, and he will take them off of you? We need to lean on Jesus more than ever and hand over our hurting hearts, our anger, our questions, and our doubts. Even if our vision is clouded by our hurt, even if our perspective is changed and we can't see what we have right in front of us, God is still working in our lives. Are the losses that you've experienced setting unrealistic expectations on your family? What expectations are you placing on your kids, on your spouse? Are they afraid to make mistakes? Are they constantly worried about disappointing you? Now listen, our kids need accountability, but they can't be perfect, and we can't expect them to be. Our, int our intentions for them can be good, but our hurts cannot be the motivation to parent them. Now it wasn't until she lost her home and her relationship with her granddaughter almost that she realized what was right in front of her. Which leads me to my last point, and that is family relationships can be restored. Now, I know that I've mentioned Bruno a little bit, and the whole, the whole theme of the movie is that we don't talk about Bruno, but we're going to talk about him right now again. Bruno's relationship is reconciled. Abuela and Mirabelle's relationship is reconciled. The family sees what they have right in front of them, and that is each other. Now, Paul pretty much tells us, without love, our gifts are pointless. And that is exactly what happened in Encanto. In 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3, it says, If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Then Paul goes on to say in verse 7, Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. 
When we love one another, we grow deeper in our relationship with God, but we grow deeper in our relationship with each other. And I know that seems like such a basic concept. Well, of course we love one another. But how many things do we allow to get in the way of that love for one another? We should be loving each other unconditionally, not based on what they can do for us. Now, the Madrigals lost their way. They had cracks in their home. They lost each other. The candle, their miracle burned out. Their gifts vanished. And all they were left with was one another. But as soon as they realized what they had in front of them, as soon as that perspective shifted, they started to restore their relationships with one another. Now, I know you're probably sitting there, well, what a great ending. Happy ending, right? What a good story. Man, I wish, I wish my life was like that. I wish I could have a happy ending just like the Madrigals did. You're telling me all this, families, da-da-da, if I just love each other, it'll be great, right? That's not what I'm saying. Yes, we need love. We need love for our families. Romans 12.10 says, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. I get it. Your eyes might be rolling. You're like, the Bible says if I just, you know, love one another and devote myself and honor each other, everything will be fixed. No, that's not what this, that's not what this says at all. But it takes an effort. It takes an effort. I don't know what you're going through. But I do know that the enemy would like nothing more than to rip families apart, than to tear one another apart, than to make you feel unworthy. Hey, listen, your gift's not good enough for that church. They're not going to appreciate you. The lies that he whispers to you. I know, because of sin in the world, that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And our families are at his number one target. But... He can't win. I'll say it again. He can't win. And you might think, right now in the situation that you're in, he is going to win. But let me tell you, and I'm going to go over a few minutes, and I'm the kids pastor and said I wouldn't do it, but I'm going to because this is important. He can't win. And do you want to know how I know? Because a couple weeks ago, I just taught over a hundred of your kids how Jesus died for them on a cross, but didn't stay in that grave, but that he rose three days later and defeated death in the grave, in the enemy, all in one fell swoop. So if he defeated death, if he defeated the grave, and if he defeated the enemy, We can have victory in our families. We can take back our families from the enemy. He has no right over your kids. He has no right over your spouse. He does not own their future. The one that owns their future died on a cross for them. He does not own them. The Lord does. I don't know what you're going through right now. I don't. And listen, I'm not asking you, if you've suffered any sort of abuse by the hands of a family member, I am so sorry. And I am not asking you to forgive that person right now in this moment. But what I am asking you to do is to begin to surrender that to God. Maybe you're in here and you're trying to co-parent. You're like, man, I don't know. We're just trying to do the best we can for our kids. 
I don't know how it's going to work. I don't know what's happening. Maybe you have a sibling that brought shame to the family. Maybe you did suffer a loss and the crippling grief that you're experiencing still overwhelms you every single day. We've got to let go of control. We've got to let go of our past. We've got to let go of our plans for our lives, of our plans for our family. And we've got to let go of our family and place them into God's hands. Their future belongs to God. Your family belongs to God. Your relationships belong to God. Don't let the busyness of this world cloud your, cloud your vision for what you have around you. I know today's Mother's Day and we're supposed to be extra thankful for all of our moms, but that should be daily. For moms, for dads, for cousins, for brothers, for siblings. I don't know what you've walked in here today. Families are full of dysfunction. We know they are. But because of God's grace, we can find beauty in that dysfunction.